welcome. You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and tips from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or relationships to just living better and with more energy, or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts, and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Let's go. Hey, you're on air with Ella, and I'm already giggling with my new friend, Gina Gutierrez. Hey, Gina, how are you? I'm doing so well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Gina, would you tell everybody who you are and what you do? Yes. I'm one of the co-founders of Dipsy. Uh, Dipsy is a kind of category creating business where we invented, reinvented this genre of uh, audio storytelling, audio erotica, best you're going to find, I think, in the world, if I may say so myself. Um, and you can find us in the App Store and the Play Store and listen to you know, audio erotica designed for women by women, best in class. Audio erotica. This app, Dipsy, is everywhere. I talked about it in 2020 when we were all on lockdown. And I was like, let me share some things that are getting me through this quarantine. And your app came up, Gina. That is actually amazing. And it was a dark time. You know, we needed support. We all did. We needed support. Gina, why did you create an audio erotica app? It's a great question. So I had this hunch starting around when I was in college that women were kind of getting written out of the equation of good sex because for us, you know, this is gender agnostic, but I think largely for women, sex is as mental as it is physical, hard stop. So we were getting handed all these great products that were being invented by new businesses run by women, these great sex toys, these great vibrators. That was a new era that was happening, you know, five years ago. It was incredible and we were excited to see it. But it wasn't enough. It was like saying, here's a physical product that will fix this physical problem. But in fact, our sex drives, our libidos, our own arousal, our connection with our eroticism is so mental. And so my co-founder and I had this hunch, you know, for years that we could fix this in some way with better storytelling. And then when Headspace and Calm started coming out, we're creating amazing audio content that was changing how people felt, not just giving them information via audio. We were like, wow, audio could really be the medium for this. And so audio erotica was born. We are talking today about why sexual wellness is essential. And that is something that I really believe in. And frankly, I don't think we talk about it enough. Do you find that people, we're grownups, we are grown women. Do you find that people still struggle with just talking about sexual wellness and how pleasure and sexual health is just utterly essential to, in my opinion, to a robust life? <laughs> Totally. And there's so many reasons for this. This would take us, you know, 12, 16 hours to cover the, the real meat of why sexual wellness is still hard to talk about. But I think at its core, we have sex in a partnered capacity, but we assume that we are kind of subsumed and part of someone else's pleasure. We very much don't think of ourselves as the central player in our sexual pleasure. And so it's kind of seen as this two player game and you're only 50% of that. And my encouragement to people is to start thinking of yourself as a hundred percent of that game. And you get to play with someone else if you want to, but you are the hundred percent. That's what you should be focusing on. And so starting with yourself, I think is this pretty radical thing that obviously doesn't happen in American sexual education. We're not like, Hey, start with masturbation. It's the safest way to get comfortable with your sexuality and then move on to partnered sex. Because there's so much taboo around this, we don't give ourselves a chance to do that. And I think that's like really the, the ground zero where we're missing, where we're missing out. We should really be starting with what's good for us. What do we like? What feels good to us? And you know, what feels good to us outside of sex is already something a lot of us struggle with. Like, what do I like? What do I want? Those are hard and big questions that we all struggle with. 
I think because we're not used to being selfish. We're not used to saying what is important for me should come first. We're used to saying what's important for someone else should come first. And now we're back to the equation of why I think partnered sex really confuses us. It's like, if it's for someone else, it's actually not really about me. And so that's the extent of my joy, my pleasure in this experience. And so you see how this cycle happens where we're really not putting ourselves as central in the story. I think this is huge. And I think that, again, this is a very gendered statement, but I am going to go ahead and speak for women and say that I think that women more than men tend to deprioritize their own pleasure, whether it's food, whether it's moving their bodies or sport, obviously to sex, like in every area our pleasure doesn't even rank as a priority in some cases. I I think it's so cool that you're here to change that. Absolutely. We're not really comfortable with our own pleasure. And I mean that in all capacities. Like We're not comfortable with our own space for joy or our own what makes us feel good. There's a reason that we like call that that it's twisted that we call, you know, Snickers fun size bars fun size. That's not the fun size, right? Like we're literally saying that like what the good thing is is the guilty pleasure made small enough that it's not a problem. And that's crazy, right? It's like it's making ourselves as small as possible, taking up as little space as possible. And this is so much bigger than sex. But sex I think is an avenue that we have undervalued to make ourselves bigger and to understand ourselves better. And so for me, why sexual wellness is so exciting and important is because it's an avenue to feeling confident to feeling like your brain and your body are connected, to feeling alive, to walking down the street and being like, I am desirable and I desire this life. And that's a feeling that we all should have on a daily basis. But when you're not feeling it and you're out of practice to that, you forget how good that is. So is sex the only path to feeling that way? No. But if you're not taking all the paths, you know, why not try? And so I think that's like really a a mind expanding exercise to say like, what other paths do I have to feel good in this life? Right? Well, today I want to talk to you about self-pleasure as self-care. I want to talk about sexual confidence. I want to talk about several of these topics, but I think it'd be so useful if you just gave a quick overview as to what the Dipsy experience is, just so that they have a little bit of context, if you don't mind. Absolutely. So first, let me just start with this amazing statistic that came out of the Kinsey Institute, which is that 90% of women use scenario conjuring or mental framing to get turned on, meaning we're already using our brains to get turned on. Dipsy in that many ways is a tool to support you in getting turned on. That doesn't mean that you have to listen while you're self-pleasuring, although many people do. It doesn't mean that you have to listen right before you have sex with a partner, although many people do. You can listen whenever you want to kind of tune into this frequency where you feel like you're connected to what's happening inside your body, your own desire. And so that's supportive for all sorts of people, right? That's supportive for people who are in relationships and want to keep their pilot light on. That's supportive for people who are out in the dating scene and feeling like, oh, I don't want to put myself out there. I don't even know how to ask for what I want or get the sex that I want. Like this is for all people, all ages for any sorts of themes or topics. So back to the app. So Dipsy is an app. You can download it on your Android or on your iPhone and you can explore all sorts of stories. So they're like audio fiction. They're super immersive. They're extremely beautifully sound designed and they're designed to drop you into these amazing erotic worlds. So if you find a character that you love, whose voice you think is super sexy, you can follow them for multiple episodes. Amazing. Maybe they're your guy or she's your girl. There are ways that you can calibrate whether you want stories that are, you know, BDSM forward or you're not comfortable with that at all. And you want things that are like much more, you know, quote unquote, I 
hate this term actually. I can't believe I'm using it, but vanilla, like more regular sex, which is totally great. And all sex is great sex. You can find what you want on Dipsy. So whether you're queer or straight, whatever age you are, whatever, you know, relationship stage that you're in, there's something for you on Dipsy. You can listen to it with your partner too. That should be set. Like it's not just necessarily for solo adventures. So a lot of people say that they listen to something that they like solo, and then they send it to their partner or they show it to their partner. And it's a really great way to kind of depersonalize what can feel a little awkward sometimes, which is like, hey, I really like when you say this, which can feel really hard to say. And instead be like, I really like this story because. So it's like a little bit more at arm's length. And it's so evocative because you're hearing like real sounding people having real sounding sex. So it's a great way to kind of exchange and share. Some people succeed listening together because they like similar stuff. But if you don't, that's also totally okay. Like we, what we aim to say is even if you're, you know, fully committed to your monogamous partner of however many years, amazing. Like you get to have a corner for you as well. And we want to be that corner. Yeah. I was laughing when you were explaining that because I was like, yeah, some people have like their favorite Peloton instructor and (laughs) my husband and I do not have the same favorite Peloton instructor. I can tell you that. (laughs) Okay. One other thing I wanted to share, again, just for context, is I'll be honest with you, Gina, and I think I can say this too, because I think you've probably heard it before. But when I first downloaded Dipsy and I was like, okay, and I'm going to press play. Um, first of all, all of a sudden I became like this Quaker woman. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I felt like I, I, I would just, I was like, oh my God, like clutching my pearls. Uh, I didn't know what I was in for, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. And I'll be dead straight with you. I just offended so many Quakers. I would just like to say I went to that a Quaker was school. And let me tell you, there's actually not that many Quakers out there to offend. That's actually just the truth. But also Quakers are cooler than we give them credit for. I just, I, I retracted Quaker fam. I retract the same, <laughs> but I was prepared for it to be icky and like, be like, Oh God, I don't want to totally. hear people doing bad acting. Like porn has a reputation for being like the worst quality of production that's 100%. ever existed. Right. And this isn't that it's so well-produced and it is so realistic. I don't know what your magic sauce is, but I just need to say kudos to you. And I need to let my listeners know that it's not icky. Like there is something there for everyone. Well, first of all, it obviously feels great anytime we hear that, but the kudos belong to our team. It's just an amazing group of people and creators who are creating this content. And we work with amazing voice actors. So these are voice actors that are highly selective. We get thousands of applicants of people who want to be voice actors and we are very, very selective of who we take. It's like less than a Harvard acceptance rate. It's crazy. So the people that are coming to voice act on the Dipsy platform are experts. They're so embodied. They sound so real. They sound so good. It's, you know, it's ethical that re- that removes so much of the ickiness, right? And we eliminate so much of the inherent ickiness, I think that people experience with the content that we're used to in the generations, you know, before Dipsy existed. So I'll say that there's a lot of reasons why we remove the ick or why the ick removal is possible. And the last reason is just people really caring about creating amazing sex positive cool content. Content where it sounds like people are having the best sex of their lives, the sexiest moments, these like amazing missed encounters that suddenly become real. Like that's great writing. And so all of this comes together to create what the Dipsy experience is. And we're really proud to remove as much ick as we can, because that is really what creates a product that people are going to love and tell their friends about. Hey, wherever you're listening to this show, would you mind making sure that you're subscribed? That just means if you're in Apple Podcasts, you're not looking at a plus sign, you're looking at a check mark when you look at the show. 
in Spotify, you click on follow, wherever you're listening, just make sure you're connected, you're subscribed, you're following so that you get new episodes the moment they drop. Thanks. What's cool about what you do is that it relies on the listener's imagination. It is all audio. I think that is such a bold choice. I bet people, when you were out in the world launching this, I bet there was pushback on that. The fact that it is 100% audio. Tell me something. You have a psychology degree from Duke University. I bet that's at play here. Tell me more about the role of our own imagination when it comes to self-pleasure and self-discovery. Yeah. I mean, imagination is so critical to us understanding what we want in our lives, right? Like we have Airbnb to help us imagine what sort of vacation we want to take. And we have Pinterest to help us imagine what sort of living room we want. What are we using to paint the walls of our mental rooms? How, what are we using to sustain our imaginations in sex? What are we supposed to think about? What is that? Maybe it's an amazing scene, seven episodes into a great sexy Netflix show awesome. Or we could just have that scene and those micro stories, you know, back to back to back in an amazing series on Dipsy. Like we like to say we create the best stories in the world around sex and intimacy because those stories deserve to be told. They need more airtime and you're going to find those here. Do you find that women are just more comfortable in this space? Like, I don't know how many women have time or make time to sit around and really immerse themselves in this space and use their imagination. Like, I can't even meditate. Like the only meditation I do would be to listen to Dipsy. (laughs) That's an amazing point. Like where does the time come from? How are we slowing down? These are things that are hard in our lives. It is hard to make time. I personally realize that sometimes when I'm watching a single screen, I feel proud of myself because I'm not on two screens. Like I think we all know what that like hyper-stimulated feeling is like. And so slowing down can sometimes feel like we're not getting enough. We're actually like not filled up enough. And I think Dipsy is a really interesting antidote to that. And audio is a really interesting antidote to that. It forces you to slow down and kind of sit with what you're experiencing. And so more intentional slowdown can feel pleasurable, I think, in its own way. We aren't the the point I was trying to make is we aren't going to take the time. So you kind of hacked that for us. You're doing the heavy lift here. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? Totally. I mean, great storytelling is going to do that for you, right? Like when, like when you, when something really captures your imagination and suddenly you don't have these spare thoughts, you're not thinking about needing to make lunch for tomorrow or picking up the dry cleaning, those thoughts evaporate when you're really in a story. And so it's our job to tell those amazing stories and something that we had to really fight for when we were, you know, first fundraising for Dipsy and first telling people about this business was saying that storytelling, if you do it right, makes education fun. We're, we're never selling Dipsy as an education platform. Dipsy is not first and foremost an education platform. It's a storytelling platform, but are people learning from it? Hell yeah. They're learning what they enjoy. They're figuring out the edges of their sexuality. They're figuring out what they want to ask their husband for tomorrow or what they actually never want to experience again because they now understand why they don't like it. They're figuring out how to get consent to happen in a way that feels good and not like clunky or weird or awkward. Like these are amazing things that great stories do for us. You say that self-pleasure is self-care. I wholeheartedly agree. Can you share a little bit more about that from your point of view? Definitely. I think that the commodification of self-care is a dangerous place that the world has gotten to. 
it's ultimately probably a good thing. The pendulum needs to swing into a space where people feel that they're more able to say, I know this is good for me and I'm willing to defend these choices. So I think that's the good part. But where I think, you know, true pleasure is still not at the heart enough of this self-care movement is saying, what if what feels good to me is a guide? What if that for me is moving towards moral good? And I'm using big terms here because I think this is actually like pretty radical groundbreaking stuff where if you were to say, what if what feels good isn't guilty or a problem? What if what feels good is a clue for what I should have more of in my life and not less of? And so to me, really starting to focus on that time I spend with a friend, was that pleasurable for me? The sex that I had with my partner, was that pleasurable for me? That massage, was that pleasurable for me? Or was it just something that I did to check the box? Because the difference there, I think, between self-care and self-pleasure is really starting to think, what do I track and know felt good versus I should do it like some other thing that we should do because we have enough shoulds on our list, right? And so to me, that that's like a pretty radical way of thinking about this. And sex is a way, and when I say sex, I, I do include masturbation and sex. So self-pleasure, partnered sex is a way for us to get more in touch with what feels good. And and that is an education paradigm, I think, that extends in our lives and in much, much bigger ways that really impact how we feel on on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I want to tie two themes that we talk about a lot on this show to what you're saying. And that is that one is we become so disconnected from our own intuition when all we're doing is running from thing to thing every single day, like our hair is on fire. And what I love about what you're pointing out is that this is really, truly about connecting you back with you. And the second piece of that is very similarly, we disconnect from our own bodies. So I talk to so many people, honestly, women and men, who have not checked in with their body or sort of metaphorically cut themselves off from the neck down, and they're just ahead running around getting things done that happens to be attached to a body. And what I think is really, really important about this conversation is underscoring the importance of spending time with yourself or focus on your own pleasure with a partner by yourself. I I don't care. You get the idea. Self-pleasure, it can even be a gateway to connecting to other things. And equally, when you're shut off from those things, you might find that that area of your life is shut off. So chicken or egg, I don't care. I think I say start somewhere. This sounds like a great place to start to me. <laughs> I think that's so well said. And earlier you mentioned that you don't meditate or you have a hard time meditating, which I think is an experience many people share. And I think one of the unlocks for me with meditation is there's no way of doing it wrong. Like just sitting in the act of I'm trying to meditate is meditating, even if you're not clearing your head of all those thoughts. And I think that that feels very like, oh, it's just not good enough. Like it activates stuff for me too, a hundred percent. But Dipsy ideally, ideally creates this space where just by enjoying and listening to a fun story and loving these characters or whatever it is, the pull for you is actually passively getting in touch with your own pleasure. That's all you have to do. And if you treat it like that, that it takes a lot of the pressure off of like how I should be engaging with a self-pleasure practice. And to me, that's my relationship with yoga. If I don't go to yoga for six months, I'm like, to hell with yoga. I don't need it. Look, I've survived great for the last six months. And then I go back and it sucks. And I go back again and it's a little better. And I go back again and I'm in a pattern and I realize this is how I can feel. I have muscle memory on how I can feel. And so that's, I think, where we want to get to this place of like, oh, the sensation of pleasure is something that I recognize. The sensation of feeling good in my body is something that I recognize. I know what I'm after and I I know I want more of it. 
There are so many people who, for whom sex with their partner is your yoga. They might go weeks or months without having pleasure, self-pleasure or partnered pleasure. And that's not about sex from where I'm sitting. That is about living an intentional life, snapping out of autopilot and dialing into both your intuition and to your body and to your pleasure. And that's, that's, I'll just say it again. That's why I think this topic is so important and it's about so much more than sex. Absolutely. It's really like, how good do you want to feel in life? And for me, it's always the most I want. I want it all. You know, I want it all. Yes. Thank you. More, please. (laughs) (laughs) We'll send. Okay. Do you have any evidence that this type of time, this type of focus helps those who are lacking in sexual confidence? Because I think that there are a great many men and women who would not give themselves a 10 out of 10 when it comes to sexual confidence. And I'm wondering if you've seen evidence that this helps. Wow. Yes. So anecdotally, what we hear from people who write into us, it's incredible. What we hear from people about how this improves sexual confidence in so many different eras and moments of life is what really is most profound to me. And I think that it's incredible. You can talk to three super different people in the same week and be like, wow, that's impacting you in similar ways, even though your lives are so different. So I'll give you an example. I talked to a 19-year-old college student in Brooklyn. And they were like, dating is so hard. I have been locked down in this pandemic moment and I just don't know how to get out of it and put myself out there. And Dipsy is really helping me figure out how I might get out there. And then I talked to someone who's 33, is a little bit embarrassed or sheepish about the fact that they are new to their queerness. They don't want to be this baby queer out in the dating world. They want to be established. They want to know what they're doing. And Dipsy has helped them to be like, oh, like this is how I might engage. This is what I might say. This is how I might initiate. And that makes it so much less scary. And then I talked to someone who's 45, who's been married for 15 years. And it's like, I have three kids Literally, my sex life has always felt like something that I do for my husband, who I love so much. And that's not really a negative thing that hasn't struck me as bad, but that's what it's been like. And then Dipsy is opening up for me that I actually have this whole world of things I'm into and that I love. And it's creating this whole new way for me to approach sex with my husband. So these three crazy different people living such different lives are all, you know, feeling the impact on what I would say is their sexual confidence. Okay. I'll add one. I shared this with a friend of mine and like three months later, she was like, Oh my God, that has helped me step up my sexting game so much. And here's the story. Like she's married. She does not sext her husband. Like, you know, if they're texting each other, it's like, did you pick up Billy? You know what I mean? But they followed, I want to say like Esther Perel's advice to start a separate text thread. So they have like their household stuff and then they have a private WhatsApp thread that's wow. I've never heard that. Yeah, it's so brilliant. It can only be used for sexy stuff. And I think this is so smart. So this is not my idea. I just want to be really clear about that. But steal it. And that is you have your text, whatever, but then you have like your separate private encrypted WhatsApp channel where you just send the dirty stuff. And that's like so much more fun. And it separates it from like the cable guy and the insurance bills, right? Okay. So it's helped her have 
sexting game because she's like, I am not sending pictures of this over WhatsApp. Like this body is not going to be on the internet. That's not happening. That's not where she is in her journey. So this gave her the confidence. She's just stealing lines from your scripts. And that's what she's sending to her husband. And she is digging this. So I just wanted to thank you on behalf of her. That's gorgeous. I mean, those lines are meant to be plagiarized. So please plagiarize away. Okay. We're here with all the life tips, Gina. That's what we do. (laughs) Just step-by-step. Here's what you do. Number one, second thread with your partner. (laughs) Sometimes the simple stuff is the most effective stuff. Like here's a really great one that I kind of workshop with someone because they were giving me some ideas around what was working in their relationship. And they were saying that it really helps to say, I'm at like a five out of 10 and how sexy I feel when you're kissing, making out with like very like light, I don't know, cute stuff with your person. And if what they're doing is getting you to a seven out of 10, you can say like, it's working. I'm at a seven out of 10. And if you actually don't really want to move it towards sex, you could say, sorry, I'm actually at a three out of 10. And this is like this new game-changing paradigm for them where they can make out with their partner and like snuggle and be cute and not have it automatically be the pressure of like, oh my God, this is initiating sex, which can start to feel really, really high pressure. So instead they just have this system and they basically get to reward each other and say, what you're doing is working. I'm moving up the turned on chain. Or actually it's probably like not going to happen tonight. I'm lower on. It's like, no problem. Like not, not an issue because I think for a lot of people, it's like, how can I even kiss my partner? If automatically that means I'm ready to jump them. It doesn't always mean that. That reminds me of a conversation I've had on the air before about responsive desire versus spontaneous desire and how in aggregate men famously have spontaneous desire and women, and especially as we're talking like, you know, 35 and older, women are much more prone to responsive desire, meaning there needs to be a stimulus. It's, you know, it, they're a microwave, we're an oven, right? That sort of thing. And what you're talking about when you talk about audio erotica, or honestly, what we're really encouraging here is getting in touch with what works for you. And when you start talking about that way, it's really much easier to create responsive desire. Absolutely. You have a lot more control over it. If you have this like bank of understanding of what works for you, then you have agency. You get to shift the vibe. You get to initiate. You get to say the thing that actually turns you on. Really empowering. Okay, I have one more pro tip. You could pregame with Dipsy. (laughs) Great pro tip. (laughs) Approved. Gina, this is so great. And I think we're about to create a lot of fun for my family, my listener family, because you are offering an extended free trial. So I know you always offer a free trial, but you are giving my listeners an extended free trial, which of course will be in the show notes. So I really appreciate that because maybe we can bring them along for the ride. I was going to (laughs) say... Amazing. Definitely come along for the ride. 30 days. I am on a I am on fire today. Gina, what do they need to know about their trial of Dipsy? Yeah. So if you head to Dipsy Stories, D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Ella, you can get 30 days free. So just explore the app, see what themes you like, see what characters you love, see if it works for you. Lots of new content coming out on the app these days. Wait, do you have a story where just like the man puts everything in the dishwasher and then folds the laundry? We have a laundry room story in this series, Fixer Upper. It's one of my absolute favorites. I mean, you literally have something for everybody. That's definitely true. (laughs) Gina, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. So fun. Okay, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just head over to onairella.com 
where I put up links to all of the stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. There's no whiff. It's just onairella.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing the show. And thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.